We are back on the Falcons Audible, presented by AT&T. Your crew is back in the house. Derek Rackley, DJ Shockley, Dave Archer here. And to say that it's been an eventful 48 hours as of the time that we record this show is a bit of an understatement. <laughs> uh, Falcons concluded their 2023 season with a 48-17 loss at New Orleans. And then subsequently, the head coach for the Atlanta Falcons, Arthur Smith, has been relieved of duties. So we've got a lot going on, a lot to discuss here in the podcast. We will talk about Arthur Smith's departure, look back a little bit about the 2023 season, then we will talk about how things are going to look moving forward now. What's the process going to look like? Head coaches maybe get into a little bit of the candidate type stuff, obviously quarterback situation. So there's plenty of stuff to talk about. We've got a limited amount of time to keep people's attention. <laughs> so let's get into it, huh? Um so, yes, we talked about it. Let's recap the last 48 hours or so. Atlanta goes down to New Orleans. Fairly good game by the half. And then the wheels, the proverbial wheels fell off in the second half. Atlanta ends up losing 48-17. Later on that evening or early, early on Monday, the announcement comes out that uh, Arthur Smith has been relieved of duty. So I'll just start it off by saying this. Let's not really go into the game. There's no reason for us to rehash the Saints game. It's time now to kind of look forward as what this Atlanta Falcons team is going to look like next year. Uh, DJ, initial thoughts when you heard the news about Arthur Smith being fired. Interesting enough, um, there's a show I do uh, with Fox, uh, and we're doing our Dirty Bird Report. Archie's on it. Um, and right at midnight, I had just finished a segment walking from one studio to the next, and you get the alert, and it was like, oh, wow, it really happened. And, of course, uh, with the way the season ended, the last two ball games, not making the playoffs, uh, obviously being 7-10 the last three seasons, it kind of, you know, the, the, the business of the NFL, you know the business of what Arthur Blank wants for this organization, and you could kind of see the writing on the wall. And when it finally comes out, you're like, wow. It actually happened. And I think for all of us, we've had the opportunity to get to know Arthur Smith. We had a chance to have conversations with him at one point or another. And just like any other situation, you get to know the guy and you want the guy to succeed. You want the organization to succeed mm -hmm. because we all have connections and ties to this Falcons organization. So when it, when it came down, uh, obviously not a huge surprise, but you say, wow, it actually happened. And now you start immediately thinking about, okay, what is next? So uh, it definitely was a, a, a sour taste, a disappointing taste to see Arthur Smith be relieved of his duties. But I, I think Arthur Blank said it in his press conference uh, yesterday when uh, he said, hey, uh, obviously the personal part of it is a big, big part of it. But ultimately, this is a business decision that we yeah. had to do what's best for our organization, for our fans, for our players. And I think that's how you had to look at it. Arch, this doesn't seem like it's one of those contentious departures. Uh, as you alluded to, DJ, um, Arthur Blank talked about it yesterday. The personal level of this was very difficult for him because of the amount of respect that they have for Arthur Smith. Him and Rich McKay were up there, and they did a very, very lengthy press conference, which I, which I appreciated um, not so much for myself because I, I wasn't there, but the fact that they sat down and they said, we will take as many questions as our local media has about this organization because they wanted them to be dialed into it. So it's not that that Arthur Smith Arch is leaving this organization in disarray. There's still a lot of pieces, but it was a decision from the ownership that felt like they needed to be that needed to be made. Yeah, I think that, you know, this is an organization. You go down the wall, if you walk in this building at Flowery Branch and you walk walk in on the wall uh, Arthur Blank is a quote on the wall and he talks about representing the community uh, on and off the field in, in a 
in a tremendously positive way, and I want to bring championships to this organization or this, this city. There's nobody in this organization that wants to win more than Mr. Blank does. Mm-hmm. So let me be very, real clear about that. I think that there, you know, this conversation, well, he, you know, he's got this money and he does this. Let me tell you something. Nobody's more invested in this community in Atlanta because of the philanthropic things he's done in this city, not to mention the stuff he's done all over the country, but in this city in particular, and then what he's tried to do to bring this team a championship. Three NFC championship games, you've been to a Super Bowl, he's working his rear end off to try to put the right people in the building to go win those games. And so um, that's what this decision is about. This decision is about trying to get that for the city. The city hasn't sent a playoff game uh, since 2016. They haven't seen it in their own building. They haven't seen a playoff game on TV since 2017. So that's what he's about. And so that's where this decision comes from. Yeah, no animosity, things like that. And Arthur Smith would be the first guy to tell you, this business is about going out and winning football games. And and they didn't get that done over a three-season period. I think you could maybe dispel the first two years because of the situation they were in. This year was not that year. This was supposed to be a a marketably improved year. Whether you won the division or not, there was supposed to be some improvement, and we didn't see that. Yeah. Um, And you guys made a great point about Arthur Blank. And I think if you're watching this and – and you're a Falcons fan, maybe you don't live in the area, or maybe you're not a Falcons fan and you're watching this and you don't necessarily know what happens here. Arch talked about how Arthur Blank, what he has done for the city of Atlanta. Uh, There's a brand new children's hospital that's got his name on the side of the building. Um, he is another one. Of, he's not one of these owners that's that's absentee and he doesn't put anything into this organization. I mean, you come up to where we are right now at their Falcons headquarters and it's it's an expansion like he continues to pump money into this building into this organization and into the people that are part of it because he knows that's what it takes in order to compete at the highest level and yes we don't want to sit here and just always talk about money but this is not an owner that's just sitting back making demands and waiting for the wins to happen he's doing his part from an ownership perspective to allow those things to happen, to give the coaching staff and the personnel department all the resources to make wins, division titles, and playoffs happen. And now he wants to start seeing it. The interesting thing he talked about, he said, yes, I want to win for our fan base. Yes, he wants to win for himself. But he also said, we want to win for the players in the building. This is not just about us or the fans. It's the guys that are on the Falcons roster. He wants them to win. He wants them to get into the postseason. So... Guys, let's talk a little bit about this 2023 season. I think it's safe to say the things that went wrong, probably first and foremost, didn't get any answers taken care of at the quarterback position. I've got two former quarterbacks here. We've talked about it the entire season. We don't necessarily at this point right now, Arch, need to get into names for next year. But would you agree that when the new coach comes on, that's first and foremost is they got to figure out what's going to happen at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, you got to have consistent quarterback play to realize a championship or realize, uh, you know, consistent play where you're going to be a playoff caliber team. Now, you could argue if you look across the league, there have been 54 different starters starting the National Football League this year. That's not as many as there were last year. There were 63 or 68 a year ago. So, Clearly, there's something going on from an injury standpoint with quarterbacks and a lack of consistency, even with the best players. Whether you talk about Josh Allen or even Patrick Mahomes this year, where Mahomes had some down years. Brock Purdy 
had like three straight games where they didn't play. So quarterback is really hard to play. Yeah. But when you look at this franchise, nobody cares about the rest of the franchise. They care about this franchise. And that was the number one problem that plagued this team was inconsistency at the quarterback spot. Whether it was making a play it was there or making a play that magnified the problem by turning the football over, taking points off the board, or giving another team an opportunity to score points because you turned it over deeper in your own territory. So that I don't think you have to be a Phi Beta Kappa to figure out that that was one of the number one, if not the number one problem this team had. You know, and Arch and DJ, when we sit up here, this is now the time where, where when there's a coaching change, everybody in this building and us from a broadcasting perspective, like it's time to be honest. Like you got to look in the mirror and see what is it going to take to get over the hump. And and, and Arch talked about it, the in, inconsistent quarterback play. They brought in Taylor Heineke in free agency with the anticipation of being a backup, but feeling confident from his experience that he could come in and help them win football games if that his number was called. That didn't happen either. Um, so yes, they have to turn to another one. And DJ, I know like we live in Georgia and everybody that is a Falcon fan, they quickly want to go to the name of Justin Fields right. because he's from Georgia, started his career at the university of Georgia. But I think the personnel department, obviously, and everybody else needs to understand that there's a lot more to Justin Fields and Justin Fields is not even available yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what does the average fan need to remember as this new head coach and Terry Fontenot are going out to look for a quarterback, what does the average fan need to remember? You know, I think there are a number of things that you can think about when it comes to a quarterback in this league or a quarterback that will fit this organization. I think, one, there has to be a guy that can come in and command the respect and leadership of this ball club. Because you think whatever guy comes into this situation and – Arthur, Arthur Blake and Rich McKay alluded to yesterday, and you talked about it for when we came on, there are already good pieces already in this building on both sides of the ball that this guy's going to have to come into, and he has to come in and command, I think, that respect right away. And I think the, the, the other part about it is, is him coming in here and having the ability to lead these guys and do something different than what's happened in the past. And what I mean what's happened in the past is what we saw this season. Mm-hmm. We saw 28 turnovers this year. It was tied for 24th in the league. We talked about it all year long. That was a issue. That was a big-time issue. Arch just mentioned Mahomes. He mentioned uh, Josh Allen. All these guys have had issues turning the football over this season. But they also have found ways to win ballgames for you. They also have been the difference in you winning ballgames. Yeah. And I think that guy coming in just can't be a guy that's – all right, you make a couple plays here and there, but we need a guy who can come here who can go and win ball games for you. And I think over the past couple of years, we've had guys who have been, what well, we say, serviceable guys, but you don't feel as though in those big major situations they're going to be the difference makers. And as you mentioned, it's it's you know it's, it's my personal opinion, and this is not something that you know has been talked about by this organization or anybody else. But I just feel like there are times where you need that guy who can be the ultimate difference maker. When you think about uh, guys in his organization who can do that and who's done it over the years. Number seven, Michael Vick was a guy who could absolutely go out and win a ball game for you. Number two, Matt Ryan, you saw him do it for a year in and a year out, go out and win ball games for you and consistently do that for you over that 14-year period. And you knew, hey, if it came down to the end of a ball game, you felt really good about this guy going down and getting your points or finding a way to get you, you know, a way to win the ball game. I can't say over the last couple of years, if we've been in that situation, you felt really confident about that. And that's just me being honest about looking at this position. And Arch mentioned it. Hey, 
it's hard to play in this league. It's hard to play quarterback, period. And to look at some of these guys and say, all right, well, you can't go do this, you can't do that, it's still hard enough to do it. I've been there before. I know how hard it is. But at the point we are in this organization, you need that kind of guy in this position because you have guys already in place around him on both sides of the ball that can help him do that. Now you need that guy to go do it. Fellas, we might be a little bit biased here when I make this comment because we cover the team every single week. We know what the roster looks like. We know what the cap space looks like. But, Arch, this to me seems like this is a pretty intriguing job for an incoming head coach. They have cap room. Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith did an excellent job in their in their three-year plan of getting out of a tough situation mm-hmm. with some veteran contracts that hurt the organization. So they've got cap space. Arthur Blank talked about it uh, yesterday, that they've got money to spend in free agency. They've got a pretty good draft position sitting at number eight, I believe it is. And then with the Calvin Ridley trade, that ended up moving a fourth-round pick up to a third-round pick, I believe, is, is the last I'd heard. So... Again, the cabinet is not bare. You've got first-round picks at the skill position players on offense. You've got a defense that's vastly improved. You've got a a safety that played at an all-pro level this year. This is a job that's probably intriguing, especially to an offensive-minded head coach. Don't know which direction they're going to go because of the guys that you have on offense. You've got pieces to work with here. Yeah, I I agree with that, all of that. Um, You've got guys at all three levels of the defense that that are going to be back next year. Um, there'll be a big part of that. Um, I think that there are some going to be some decisions to be made on some of the one-year contracts of veteran players that play prominent roles. That'll be interesting to see how they sort that out. Is there another, maybe a younger version of what they'd like to go get? Um, because there are some dramatic improvements. If you just look at the defensive side of the football, which is where most of your money was spent from a free agent standpoint, you improved on all three levels. The safety was a phenomenal player. Jesse Bates is going to go to the Pro Bowl, you know, second in the league in interceptions with, seven, uh, what, six. Uh, you've got Caden Ellis, who, who was a second-leading tackler. Unfortunately, we lost Caden early on in the game last weekend. I think that made a difference for what they were able to do in running the football if you're the Saints, but but he was a really a difference maker. Uh, and then you look what you added along the defensive front with David Onyemata and Calais Campbell and some of these guys. Now, some of those guys were on one-year deals, um, Calais Campbell being one of those guys. He's going to have to make a decision as to whether he wants to come back. He's leaning towards doing that. And, and based on what I saw, he looked more like a 27-year-old than a 37-year-old, and I think there's value to that. But there's a lot of decisions to be made around the personnel. But to getting back to your original point, a lot of youth on the offensive side. Your offensive line is locked in. It's an offensive line that I thought was marketably improved from a pass protection standpoint this year. I think some of the sacks that we absorbed were some of the inexperience at quarterback as opposed to maybe the offensive line. You ran the football to a tune of top 10 in the conference or top 10 in, in the NFL and running the football. You like the way the backs looked. So, yeah, there's a lot to step into here. I think there's a lot that you'd, you'd be excited about. The problem is is the quarterback situation, and and that's a big one now as far as coaches. If you're trying to cherry pick your coach, mm-hmm. you know you got a place. In, let's let's face it. There's a couple places that are open right now that have incumbent quarterbacks that are that are pretty intriguing. This one is one. Do you would you like to mold it? Is it, there's an opportunity for you to mold it, which is also intriguing as well as what the quarterback can look like. DJ, let's talk a little bit about the quarterbacks, just just because I think it's 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 one of the biggest conversations that's going to surround this organization for the next few months, and we don't have to get into who you think they're going to pick, but let's just talk about the landscape a little bit, because I mentioned Justin Fields. We don't know whether or not he's going to be available still with the Chicago Bears. You have 
These are the organizations that I feel like have to get quarterbacks. And you guys can chime in and correct me if I'm wrong. But you're looking at Commanders, Patriots, Falcons, Broncos, and Raiders are the ones to me that I think are probably definitely looking for a quarterback. And then you have the question marks to me, which are Bears, Giants, Vikings, Steelers, and maybe even Tampa Bay, whether or not the Buccaneers decide to bring back Baker Mayfield. Is there anything that you guys disagree with on that front? Okay. So those are the teams, in my opinion, either that you're competing with or you're potentially looking at as far as whether or not, let's say, for instance, a Kirk Cousin, who's a free agent, whether or not he's a factor in this organization. So when you think about the draft, when you think about other teams that the Falcons are going to be competing with, whether that's in draft or free agency, that's kind of the landscape, DJ. So how does... Atlanta navigate this over the next couple of months, knowing that quarterback is the biggest priority? I think it's a very intriguing question. I think it's intriguing for a bunch of different reasons because, like we mentioned, we're not sure if the head coach that comes in here, what he actually wants or what he's looking forward to. Because there could be a situation where we talk about all these pieces that you got. Maybe you want to add a veteran like Kirk Cousins. Baker Mayfield's going to be out there. You're going to have Ryan Tannehill's going to be out there. Do does that coach want to bring a guy who has experience and who's played in this league and who can be a plug-in guy with all these other veterans around him to be the guy? Or does, like Arch just mentioned, does this coach want to come in and bring a guy that he can mold early, who he can build around, who he can kind of, you know, say, all right, this is a guy who I've watched in the draft. This is a guy I've watched through all the individual workouts that I feel like fits perfectly for what I want to do as a head coach. So that's I think, I think that's the interesting part of it. It's hard to say which way to go for which coach because it's going to be, I think, specific to what he wants mm-hmm. for his organization going forward. So, I, I mean, my personal opinion is if you feel good about one of these young guys, I think it's one of those things that you have to pull the trigger on because uh, I think we've seen over the years – it's hard to get one of those guys to come in here and play well. It's hard for any, you know, guy to come in. I mean, you, you, I look back to last year, and we looked at Bryce Young and said, this guy's going to have a phenomenal Yeah. I mean, he still could have a phenomenal career. But you saw what he did in college and said, okay, this guy looks like he could fit in anything, and they're going to play well. Well, obviously, he goes to Carolina, and things don't go as well <laughs> as they want. And then you look at another guy in C.J. Stroud who goes out and has a phenomenal year. His team wins the division. And in his rookie year, you see polar opposites. But coming into that draft, coming into that season, we had no clue which way either one would go. So I think you come into the same situation this year with the season, and you say, if I got one, who knows? It's a toss-up. You never know what can happen. But I think it ultimately comes down to what that coach wants to do heading into that season. Both of those guys you mentioned separated by one pick right at the top of the draft. Both of them did nothing but win in college. Right. One of them goes out and throws for over 4,000 yards and leads the team to the playoffs, and the other one probably lost more games in one season than he did his entire career. The most difficult position to scout for an organization is the quarterback position. So, Arch, we get back to some of the guys. Again, I'm not telling you, asking you to pick a guy, but here are some of the guys that will likely be available from the college side. You got Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, and I'll even throw J.J. McCarthy in there because even though he's got another year left, he's coming off an undefeated season, just won a national championship, and he fits the mold of an NFL quarterback, size, throwing ability, he can run. So, Arch, those are the options that you have if you decide to go in the college game. But to DJ's point, you never know which one of these guys is going to turn out to be a great pro. And by the way, 
Brock Purdy was never in this conversation right. as the very last pick in the draft, and look what he did for San Francisco this year. So you just never know what you're going to get with a rookie. Well, that's just it. I mean, it is a little bit of a crapshoot. I mean, you got to you got to match the personality with the guy. What does he know from a football acumen standpoint? Does he understand from a pressure standpoint what it takes to be the focal point of an NFL team? Um, you look at Matt Ryan when he came in here. Matt came in here as the number three overall pick. Um, he had thrown like 12 interceptions his senior year. I think he had like 20 touchdowns at Boston College. So it wasn't necessarily a knock you down statistical. But he had something about him. There was a moxie about him. He commanded – you talked about commanding the locker room. He came in. The, one of the first things he did was, you know, he, he wanted to take care of the players. And so the veteran players – he went and asked the veteran players, what do you need? This was before we had the – kind of the rookie salary cap, he was able to get in and he had that monster number when he first got here. And they said, hey, we, you know, I think the old line said, hey, we want a new sound system in here. He bought a brand new sound system. You know, what do I need to do? And, and not that you're trying to buy their affections, but just understanding that you want to talk, you want to take care of your teammates, you know, kind of along the lines that you're talking about. Before you, before you finish that, just to piggyback on that little instance, you talk about Matt coming to that situation. That was coming into my third year. Mm -hmm. This is coming off me coming off ACL. Hadn't, you know, hadn't played, but as soon as he comes in, he's picking my brain on how to be a pro, how to go about things within the organization. And from day one, one of the hardest working guys I ever saw in the weight room, in the, in the, in the meeting rooms, and those are the things where you talk about how's a guy fit in a locker room. And this is a great example of a guy who is the third overall pick coming in, and he's asking me, who was a seventh-round guy, how he can be better, things he can do, and that right there. And you talk about some of the stuff he did with old line. I mean, all, he did a whole bunch of stuff that helped him just kind of, kind of, kind of give himself a, a, a great uh, feel for who he is as a person coming to an organization. And that's a, that's a, it's a really good point that you that we all bring up about that kind of guy coming into this organization. What kind of like Arch just mentioned, Moxie or Savvy, he has coming into this situation. Yeah, and we don't know about any of the guys you mentioned. Yeah. As far as we we know what it looked like in college, and you know, frankly, you know, we we were all pretty good in college, you know. So how does it blend to the National Football League? And um, and so that'll be that's part of the crapshoot. That's part of the you know, for every three or four guys you can name that were really good, you can probably pick three or four guys that didn't work out. If you not know, more. and so <laughs> so um that's difficult. And is it attached to the first round draft pick? Everybody wants to kinda of attach to the first round draft pick. You know, you can remind them of the stories about Brady or Brock Purdy or Russell Wilson or Joe Montana or whoever you want to go to that weren't drafted in the first round. And we thought potentially that maybe we had one of those here this year. Mm -hmm didn't work out and so now you regroup and you begin to evaluate these kids that are potentially coming out this year. so we purposely did not come into this podcast picking who's going to be the next coach picking who's going to be the next quarterback because there is plenty of time before all that happens so arch i want to come right back to you for again for people that are watching this from the outside i want you to help walk us through what the next, let's call it, month or so is going to look like for the Falcons looking for their next head coach? Well, let's start there. Yeah, there's a myriad of things they're going to need to do to begin to put the list of guys together. Remember, um, and, and it's one of the great rules to me that we've instituted, and I don't know how well teams have actually used it, <laughs> but the Rooney rule is a rule to allow some minority coaches to get an opportunity to be interviewed for head coaching jobs in the National Football League. 
and it's it's a it's a rule that should have happened a long time ago. There's been guys that are really good coaches that have not been getting out with the Edmonton and weren't given the opportunity and maybe aged out of the league and never got their shot. So fortunately, we get that. So now they'll talk to some minority candidates, and there's a bunch of good ones out there um, to talk to guys that deserve the opportunity to be listened to and and be given the opportunity to present their plan as to what they would do coming in. And that's what it is. Coaches come in and they come in and a lot of these guys have been preparing for an opportunity like this. And they'll have notebooks of what they're going to do, how they're going to structure the organization, what we're going to do to practice, all these kind of things. And they come in with and they make these presentations, almost like a PowerPoint. You come in and you make a presentation of what you're going to look like. From, from a timetable with the Falcons, because there are rules established of who you can talk to because of the NFL playoffs, there are going to be guys that are on these playoff teams, coordinators or whoever they're going to want to talk to. And so this is going to play out over the next three or four weeks probably before you nationally settle in on your guy. And, and that's the way you want it, right? I don't want to rush to, hey, let's grab this guy or grab that guy. Let's evaluate all the pl- all the teams out there. I think we have enough of a product here. You t- you just talked about how, in- how interesting this job is. Exclude the quarterback situation. This is a ready-made roster on the offensive side of the football with young talent that's under contract. You've got a bunch of young talent on the defensive side. You've got veteran players that are coming back that are going to be a part of this team, marketable improvement defensively. This is an attractive team. It's an attractive city. Free agents want to come to this city. So it- it's an attractive job. So I don't think you have to worry about Hey, we got to rush because we got to beat this team or that team to the punch because they're going to want to go there as opposed to here. I don't think that's the case at all. And DJ Arthur Blank was very clear yesterday no that there's table. no timetable yep. on this search for a head coach. And so there, I mean, there's a chance that there could be a new head coach in a week and a half, or we could be talking sometime in February, right? And Arthur Blank has said, you know, through his discussions that he is going to take his time and they're going to do everything that they have to do to get the right candidate. So for the average fan that's watching, you may you may not get a head coach for a little while and just understand that this organization is doing their due diligence to find the right guy. And I, I think that's most important. I, I think uh, and I love the fact that Arthur Blank mentioned that he said there's no timetable. We will not rush through this process and said, hey, I want to make sure that we get the best candidates for this job. And he mentioned the word diversity. And I love that about the situation is there's no stone that will not not be unturned for Arthur Blank and Rich McKay going through this process. And that's what you like because you want to find the best guy for this job because of all the reasons that you guys just mentioned of what is already here. And the one thing that I love the most that he mentioned was We're ready to win now. We're not looking to rebuild the roster. We're not looking to get in a position where, you know, we're trying to get there in two, three years and have this plan like we've had the last few years where, oh, we had salary cap issues. Now here comes the third year. Now we can finally do something. No, he wants to do this now. And it starts with getting that right guy into this position now. And I think, obviously, we talked about some of the coaches that could possibly be candidates who are in the playoffs. And that's where fans have to be patient is, they're going to do their due diligence. They're going to talk to all these guys. There's times where they can interview these guys when, hey, they just won a game or uh, they get a, a couple days off and they can you know, spend some time with these coaches. They're going to do what they need to do to talk to these guys. And then there's going to be a situation where, hey, all of a sudden, where does this guy come from? Oh, they've been talking to him for the last two, three weeks. So I love the fact that there won't be a rush on this situation. There won't be a – rush to just go get a guy in place because we need to get one going right now. This is going to be an interesting uh, spot for the organization to be in. But I love 
the guys that we have at the top of it who's going to make the decisions. And we know with, you know, what Arthur Blank's done uh, in the business world, what he's done with his organization, he will make sure the right guy is in position for this job. I just think about there was, you know, two teams that played on Saturday night in Houston and in Indianapolis that have had first-year head coaches that came from teams that made deep playoff runs the year before. D'Amico Ryans with San Francisco, Shane Steichen with the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you got to wait because some there's some really good coaches on the staffs that go deep in the postseason. So maybe, who knows, maybe the next head coach will come from one of these teams that ends up going deep in these playoffs this year, but we will wait and see. Uh, the rest of the things that are going to happen coming up in the offseason, obviously you're going to have the Senior Bowl and some of the other uh, bowl games that the scouting staff is going to go out and look at potential players. Um, you've got the uh, Combine, you've got pro day workouts and obviously you've got the draft and see these are all the big moments that are coming up aside from hiring a head coach and we will not be back on a weekly basis now we will be back with some of these bigger moments as they come out hopefully we'll be back the moment we hear about the new head coach in the building and then obviously with some other other big moments coming up in the offseason you'll hear from us talking about what's going to happen in the 2024 season for the Atlanta Falcons but that's going to wrap it up for this 2023 season um, thanks to all of our uh, people behind the scenes that you don't ever get a chance to see that are working cameras that are putting together our topics of conversation and allowing us to get out here and spew in opine and talk about all of our uh, analysis and our entertainment. Um, we thank you for joining us each and every week, whichever way you take your podcasts in. And uh, we hope to see you very soon. Uh, on behalf of DJ Shockley, Dave Archer, I'm Derek Rackley. This has been the Falcons Audible presented by AT&T. Atlanta Falcons looking for a new head coach to start the 24th season. See ya. Take care, everyone. Thanks for joining us.